This week on Behind the Message, pursuing kingdom priorities. My to-do list gets absolutely attacked. And birthday chickens! <laughs> church family and welcome back to Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer. This is week two. We survived week one. Uh, we're at week two and we got some pretty decent feedback from week one. Um, we'll see what happens this week. It was kind of fun. Um, one thing that did happen this past week was apparently there is a gif now floating around of me, of my face. It, um, it's incredible. I don't know if incredible is the correct word, but it's out there, and my children have it, and it's kind of showing up. And we're if, if you want to email Dustin Nelson, and he'll make sure you It get is it. Dustin's fault that it's showing up certain places, but it is very appropriate at some times um, to use it. So anyway, we're hoping this format is serving our church family well. We want it to be a time that we can connect with our church family. Um, you guys can dig deeper into the word with us. Um, we can communicate through um, messages, asking questions, different things back and forth, so we want this to be a tool that our church family can use. Um, so this past weekend, this is um, being... Second, before you go, for, oh, for our regular listeners, for, like, you know, <laughs> by like regular, you've listened to the last week. Yeah. That's it, right? But for our regular li listeners, last week we talked about how, I asked you if you chew chewing tobacco, and I bet I've heard comments from maybe 30 people about That's, That about was the this, most important about thing. This. That was the thing. No, I no, 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 but I want to go back because you looked at me like I was crazy. There was a <laughs> common thread of people who think of chewing tobacco when they hear Habakkuk. And so I, I thought it was, honestly, I thought I was probably the only person, but there is a whole list of people. I have support. That's all we need to know. If you missed last week's episode, you can always go back on YouTube and catch up on the archives and the things that you've missed, by the way. Because that was obviously the most important part of last week was your tobacco comment, which I don't know that you want to share the names of the people that are agreeing with you because they might be embarrassed, but it's okay. We're going to move on. So this past weekend, we wrapped up the Old Testament. Um, we wrapped up preaching through the Old Testament. Uh, we ended with the book of Haggai, which was incredible. We're going to get there. We're going to talk about that. Um, and we're moving on in the Bible 2020 uh, reading plan into the New Testament this week. So we're filming this on Monday morning. Um, we were in Luke 1 this morning in our reading plan. My girls got a little frustrated this morning when they were doing their Bible times because they said we were going out of order because we didn't start in Matthew. Um, the reading guide was in Luke this morning, uh, but we'll uh, launch into the New Testament this week. Um, we're going to recap the book of Haggai that uh, we went through in our message this past weekend. And um, Daniel's going to start us out with just a reminder of some of the tools that we've got, some of the things that are out there um, that we can use to kind of dig into the Word a little bit together. Just one thing, so and we'll talk about this today as we go over Haggai, but there was this great charge that came out in the text to consider or to think about. And so as a church, we've been reading through the Bible and we realize that life groups, study groups, a lot of those resources have just been dis diminished a little bit. Yeah. So the built-in accountability is less right now in all of our isolation and those things. And so as we go through the rest of the year, we have a reading guide, yes, with the, the uh, like a reading plan, but yeah. we have a reading guide that goes along with it each week. Right. And it helps you consider. It follows the same aims that we see in our family discipleship plan. Know, feel, do, and want. Because as we consider God's word, we're not just considering it just, just to like have some head knowledge. Yeah. We want it to lead us into action. We want to be able to meditate on those things and think how they apply. So uh, tcbchurch.org slash the Bible. Click on the reading plan there, and what you're going to be able to see as you walk through that, you're going to see a reading guide each week that's posted. 
that's going to help you consider know, feel, do, and want and lead you and your family to action. It's a great resource. It'll be there every week. So make sure you check that out. So, all right, we're going to, we're going to get into Haggai a little yeah. bit, but we do this segment, what got you? Yeah. All right. So you're up first yeah. from the sermon, Haggai, what got you? Okay. A lot actually. Um, but one thing that stood out to me and I'm I'm going to be extremely practical on this one. A lot got me, but I'm going to be really practical on this one. Um, when Mike preached and he went over um, Haggai chapter 1, verse 5, which says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, which we could spend a ton of time on that, the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And you've already mentioned that this morning. Um, that so stood out to me because what Mike went on to talk about was that word consider, which means to ponder, which means to think deeply about but it, it, it's also a very uh, high action word. Yeah. So it's it's a do word, it's an action verb. It's, it's you consider, you ponder, you think about it, but then you act, then you do something, then you set something in place. But what got me about this was um, the question, do I have the margin? Do I have, do I create the margin to consider things, to ponder things, to think deeply, just like you were talking about with the reading guide. Do I take the time not just to fly through the reading for the day or not just to fly through my activities for the day, but to own some moments and to really say, um, what is the Lord showing me here? What do I need to change in my life? What do I need to think about? What do I need to do? What is the Lord leading me to feel? Um, and to create margin in my life to do those things. I'm so much of a checklist, like a to-do checklist person, um, that it is a kind of a high for me to get that checklist. And like, I'm the person that I'll write a checklist, a to-do list for the day, but at the end of the day, I want it all marked off. So anything that's not done, I'll transfer it to a new list just so I can mark it off of this list. Well, that's really easy for my spiritual life to become like that. That things are just marked off the list instead of creating space and margin to say, um, God, what do you need to change in my life? What do you need to show me? What do you need to bring out in my life? And that got me. Um, we're all busy, we're all doing a million different things, but have I created the space and the margin in my life to really consider my ways before the Lord? And I haven't. And the checklists are hard too, because if you come in with the checklist, that has such value in our planning. Yeah. But the checklist has the end already defined. Right. So then what happens is you come into your meditation, you come into the consider, and you already have an end mm -hmm. that's mapped out. Yeah. But to really consider means I have huge blind spots. Mm -hmm. I have things I could not comprehend. Yeah. And so I, I, I'll stick with the same thing. I, I think when we talk about considering, We've got to realize that meditation, consider how, whatever word you want to use mm -hmm. for just the mental wrestling with God's word and who we are in light of it, that's a discipline. Mm -hmm. I mean, to consider takes work. Yeah. You have to set aside the time mm -hmm. and you have to choose those things. And one of the things that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, the illusion of the return messes with us. What does that mean? That means immediately if I set aside the time, the 30 minutes to really just meditate mm -hmm. and consider my ways, it feels like I'm losing something. Yeah. But Haggai is very intentional to point out the thing that is lost are these worldly returns mm -hmm. that are very fleeting and they're not fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But there is fulfillment in those kingdom pursuits. Mm -hmm. 
And that challenges us because then we realize the things we're chasing is like chasing for the wind. Haggai mm-hmm. says there's there's holes in the bag and it mm-hmm. just falls through. So we're going to talk about that in a little minute, but we're going to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Lauren, our teaching pastor, is going to be here and he's going to give us a quick sermon review and help us kind of get into our big truth and big ideas and set up the conversation for next. So, That's great. Mike, come on. Come on down. All right, so we're going to talk about Haggai, but first, we need to make note of something really important. Somebody at this table is having a birthday this week. Daniel, <laughs> not you. Not me. It's not me, and I just want to recognize somebody at this table is having their 27th birthday. Okay, maybe a few more to my sweet wife. Happy birthday. That Got a couple might things. be awkward See, since I have a 22-year-old. That is awkward. So at our house, we don't have birthdays. We have birthday weeks. That's right. So just to commemorate, we have our birthday chicken. It's our noisemaker. I'll get that right there. And then I brought you your favorite flavor of sucker just to kick off birthday week. So That's... congratulations. Happy birthday. This isn't all I'm getting for my birthday, though. <laughs> all <laughs> That's right. precious. Moving on. But this is all that you need. That's all that I need. And, and just right. a disclaimer... Is only birthday week for the mother. Children don't get birthday weeks. It doesn't seem weeks. to work that way for the father. But Children anyway. don't get birthday weeks. Go ahead. All right, Am let's I talk about to have this oh, for the rest no. of the <laughs> no. That's Lord Cabinus. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the book of Haggai. Two chapters, a little jewel nestled there yeah. among the prophets in the Old Testament, which does not get the attention it deserves from sure. God's people. Incredible couple chapters. So Haggai, you could put it under the heading of God is calling his people to consider our ways. Uh, Children of Israel have now returned from Babylon. So this is what you would call a post-exilic prophet. So Babylonian captivities happened. They've come in, they wiped out Jerusalem, carried off exiles. Those exiles now, as decreed by King Cyrus, this Persian king, has said, send them back to Jerusalem and they're going to rebuild the temple that was destroyed. So they return. They have a clear mandate to go rebuild the temple. And there's so much that you see in Haggai that is really mirrored by what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. So Matthew chapter 6, 33, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you would naturally seek will be added to you. But if you seek those things first, you'll never be satisfied. But seek kingdom first. So that's very applicable, and that was really our big truth, is that God's people pursue kingdom priorities. That was our big truth, that God calls us, his people, to pursue kingdom priorities first. So he says that in Matthew, then then we see it lived out in the book of Haggai. So God's people, they're called back to Jerusalem. First few years they're there, man, they're at the work of rebuilding the temple. They lay a solid foundation, and then the work stops. So enter Haggai the prophet who speaks for God and calls them to consider their ways. Because of misplaced priorities and shifting priorities, the work of the Lord had stopped. And then all the effects of that in their lives because the things that they were then pursuing are not satisfying. He says you take money and you earn money, but it's like you put it in a bag with holes. There's never enough money because you're seeking that first instead of kingdom priorities. So he lays out that, and we just see some big ideas that come out of that. Kingdom priorities that you see there is to seek the presence of Christ first. And you see that among the people. They give place to his word. Haggai speaks, and the people obey. And there's a season of repentance and reverencing the Lord. And then secondly, for us, a great New Testament application is 
We don't have a physical temple. Jesus is the greater temple, but the Bible also says that we as God's people, we, we are a temple. Every Jesus follower in the sense that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, but then even more so collectively as the people of God, we are the temple. In other words, the visible physical representation of God to the world today is the church, the body of Christ collectively. And the work of, re of building that temple is still going on. We are about building one another up the body of Christ. So that's the second one is we are to pursue the building up of the body of Christ. And so many implications and applications to that. And then the book ends really with the, the people that get back to work. They, build, they rebuild the temple, but it's a meager shell of what the previous temple, Solomon, the temple of Solomon was. And there's this sense of... Lord, does this work really matter as we compare it to other work? It's like, does this kingdom work really matter? And God just gives them this incredible assurance that I'm going to fulfill my covenant. I'm going to one day fill this temple with glory. So again, it's not just the work in the moment. Most of kingdom work we're about, may not, we may not even realize the results in our lifetime. Yeah. And it's so encouraging to faithful men and women who are attempting to be about building the body of Christ, be about the things God called us to, very imperfectly, the work that he's called us to will be finished. Mm -hmm. He will complete it, even though it may not look like it in the moment. Ours is to be faithful yeah. and obey. Pursue him first. Yeah. Uh, pursue, yeah. the build, pursue these kingdom priorities and know that uh, he will build his church. Yeah. He will build his kingdom. So just incredible it was. book. It, it was Haggai. a sweet, Two sweet. Great chapters. It was. It was a and I feel like you there was so much more. I mean, you know, to continue going through Always, chapter two, there yeah. going to have been so much more. But let's let's take a few minutes. Let's talk about it. Let's um, dig a little deeper and pull out some application um, for all of us, for all of our church family um, out of the book of Haggai this week. Daniel, what you got? All right. So one of the things that jumped out, and I think it's a good discussion, is to talk about the kingdom priorities mm -hmm. and the worldly returns. Mm -hmm. Both of those things are mentioned right off the bat. Yeah. And... It, they're not completely at odds with each other. We know that. It's not like one is completely bad and one is completely good, but they are compared to one another. And so what you see in this is the worldly returns that are apart from the correct kingdom prioritization are in vain. Mm. In other words, you eat, you're not full, right? And he says that in verse 5. I'm going to pick up and kind of read this section to us, okay? So just listen to these examples. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. That's the meditation stuff we've been talking mm -hmm. about, the giving deep thought to. Verse 6, you have sown much, yeah. harvested little. Mm -hmm. You eat, you never have enough. You drink, you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages puts them in a bag with holes. They just mm -hmm. fall right through. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's the illusion we, we all have to just own. When we pursue worldly returns apart from kingdom priorities, it's, it's worthless. Mm -hmm. it, it, we may think we're gaining something, but it falls right through the holes. We're actually eating something. It tastes good when we eat it, but five minutes later, mm -hmm. we're hungry again. Mm -hmm. And so it does not bring fulfillment. It does not bring joy. It doesn't bring meaning. And there's that absence of that. So what I want to talk about a little bit in this is when we look at kingdom priorities 
and we realize our bent to worldly returns. Mm -hmm. How do we see through that in a way that really captures the motive in which Haggai is saying, which mm -hmm. seek first mm -hmm. the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. How do we practically go at first and let go of some of those illusions that I'm going to have my fill with these or, uh, worldly returns. What, what would that look like practically in the life of the believer? I'd love to just talk about that because yeah, I think we all discussion. feel that. Because that's where we live. That's where we live as humans. I think that's especially where we live as Westerners who every message that we receive of what will satisfy us is a lesser priority and the mm -hmm. more we seek it will leave us less satisfied. Wait, that's, say that, that one more time. That's the trap. We, we live in every message we receive from the world in which we live of what's really going to satisfy. The more we seek it, yeah. the less satisfying it is. Right. I put money in a bag with holes, and I'm constantly saying, where's the money? Yeah. I'm not satisfied. The promise of more, 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 I thought was finally going to get me to that place where I go, it's enough, but it's like the bag has holes. Yeah. So that's Haggai, God's way of saying, look, having money is not wrong. Mm -hmm. Let's be really clear. Haggai does not teach a poverty gospel. And that's what I was going to say. This is not a call to not eat, right. not drink, not earn money to stop doing those things. Right. And those point. things are good. Yeah. Those things are good. And that's part of the tension. You can't see if it were an issue of right and wrong. Yeah. It's easier to discern and it's easier if sometimes even to disciple and call people out yeah. on that. So, man, you're you're in sin. It's not necessarily an issue of sin of the activity. The issue is the priority of the heart, that's and that's good. what Jesus gets back to. Yeah. Again, so again, Matthew 6 is like the commentary on Haggai. It's just incredible how these two mm -hmm. overlap. So Jesus says, why are you worried? Why are you anxious about what you wear, mm -hmm. what you eat, what you put on? Your Heavenly Father knows you have need of all of these things. And it's as if to say, the things that we tend, mm -hmm. me included, mm -hmm. The things that we tend to pursue first satisfies the least. And he says, no. Faith says, because God declares it to be true, no, no, no. Seek first the things of the kingdom, mm -hmm. the things of my word, the things of God's kingdom priorities. And I, I don't even know if I said this. I think I, I said it Sunday night, but it really is. Are we building our own kingdom or are we saying, no, 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 the kingdom of God is what will endure. Mm -hmm. My little kingdom, Matthew 7, is going to be washed away by the, the seas that come along. They won't last. So that's it. It's that issue of priorities. So how do we battle that? Here's where Haggai was so awesome. Yeah. God pursued his people in that condition with his word. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it said, it said through Haggai, yeah. the word of the Lord came to his people. Mm -hmm. And he does the same thing to his people today. Through his word, not what we can see, feel, touch so much in the moment but what is true because it's from the mouth of yeah. God. He pursued his people through their word and they repented and responded. And, and this is so ahead. not a checklist. We're talking about checklists. Yeah. This is so not a checklist thing because you can have um, two people, two families, two whatever, pursuing outwardly yeah. what looks like the exact same activity. Whether it's um, their family is very involved in sports or very involved in uh, activities at church or very involved with school or very involved, whatever it is, Families can be pursuing what looks like outwardly the exact same thing, but one of them is pursuing the kingdom of God and one may not be. And that's that gets to the heart, that gets to a heart issue more than anything else, more than the activity itself. That's right. And so I think one of the things that's important is let's connect both of those mm -hmm. thoughts for everybody. 
Haggai says consider. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning part of this. Yeah. So that's how we fight it. So we consider. But that doesn't mean we just think about it to our own heart mm -hmm. and what we feel. And so often what we're tempted to do is to seek wise counsel with just our friends. But that doesn't really make sense. For example, if you're diagnosed with cancer, you don't just go talk about it to your friends. You go find the best doctors you can who have devoted their life to considering that cancer, how it works, and how to treat it. Yeah. You seek understanding. You seek wisdom. See, these aren't absolute issues. These are wisdom issues. And so what we tend to do is just to stay in our, yeah. our feeling, our heart. Mike's right. This goes back to the Word. So I consider my ways against the Word of God, mm -hmm. and it reveals and exposes things that are my blind spots. I remember one time, this is just a random example how easy and light this can be. So I was talking to this couple, and they were about to have their first child. And for the last three months into the pregnancy, she's been consumed with this idea of nesting, right? <laughs> I'm going to fix the room, fix the house, whatever else, to the point of there's the expectations, thousands of dollars, all this work, all this effort, stress on their marriage. And to her, look, this is a natural thing. And we're sitting there in a counseling session. I'm like, listen, you need to look around the world. I mean, all your resources, all your time, all your money. You think every woman who has a baby can nest like you're nesting? I don't know that you're the best counselor for a pregnant woman. Well, maybe not. But <laughs> listen, but back to that point. Read that yeah. point exactly. Read through these prophets. Yeah. They're losing everything. Yeah. And they're counseling just like you say, I shouldn't. Yeah. They're counseling with the boldness of the truth of God. You're right. And they're going in contrast against that. Yeah. What, that, that illusion that you just brought out in our culture yeah. is the very thing that we're up against here. That says, I'll go back to my friends and I'll have somebody yeah. put my arm around me and say, it's not that bad. Right. Here there is a consider against the word of God. Yeah. Yeah that wrestles with those right. things that are not even absolutely right or wrong. It's not wrong for them to have a house. Right. That conversation is yeah. such a powerful yeah, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you think of consider and the word of God and our feelings mm -hmm. and our heart, how do we, what are some, you got to speak to our church and mm -hmm. say, what are two or three things, just really practical things that you can do to consider who you are against the word of God to make wise decisions mm -hmm. and have those kingdom returns mm -hmm. and not just be limited to those world returns. Mm -hmm. what, what, can you give two or three just real quick? I can give one real quick. <laughs> one real quick is um, you've got to have that uh, Daniel in your life or that or a Haggai or a Haggai. I, mean, in I your thought life. of it in that sense. Yeah. Are we bold enough to pray for Haggai's in our life? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Right. But but we need that as we consider decisions, as we consider things in our, in our lives, things that we're doing, things that we're involved in, we need to have that person that we go to. We go to the Word of God and we need that person that you know is entrenched in the Word of God that will say truth to you, that will speak truth, not just the come around you, love on you, hug you, pat you on the yeah. shoulder person, yeah. but the person that will speak the Haggai type truth into your life. Yeah, and I think that is intended to happen in community. Yeah. That's right. But we all know, even in our church, that level of community, we need to grow. Yeah. I mean, and, and here's, the, here's the picture in my mind. We so need to grow. Accountability is massive where I'm willing to open up. Transparency is huge, but this is even beyond that. This is submission to one another. Mm. And that's, that's real mm -hmm. community where we're willing to hear that and then recognize, wait a minute, you're right. Mm -hmm. thank, thank God for that. So imagine you're in your life group 
and you're talking about this endeavor that you've invested in when over here is really what God's calling you to and the, 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 the answer is, well, you know, it's just not the right season for our life. Yeah. It, it's just not the best to pursue this. We're really chasing, and somebody in the life group goes, why don't you consider your ways? But could you imagine that happening? So you know what? That person might not get invited back next week, or they might move it on Zoom and not tell them. You know what? <laughs> not tell them. Right. So, where is everybody? Oh, we went to Zoom. We didn't tell you, Haggai. Sorry. Haggai probably doesn't get invited back. Can we? Your whole to... life group is now like, are we on Zoom? What's the... Never <laughs> yeah. Who's the Haggai? They're never going to come back. But think how important that is to true Christian community and fellowship. God spoke to his people yeah. through his messenger Haggai and delivered the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Are we bold enough to pray for that Haggai in our life? I don't know. I, I, hope, I hope we are. And our, I really would pray that our groups and this Christian mm -hmm. community that we're pursuing would grow in that sense. So that's yeah. one way to be open to that, pursuing that. And even so as we consider our ways, would we ever get to the point where in, in considering our ways, we ask other believers to be a part of that. Yeah. So I trust this brother and sister in Christ. I mean, we're taking a week and we're evaluating our family. Mm -hmm. We're questioning how we spend our finances. We're questioning how we raise our kids. We're questioning, I know it's a lot, but we're questioning our, our priorities, kingdom priorities. And it's not sin, evil, it's wisdom. Yeah. Would you help us with that? Mm -hmm. Would, would, could our life group do that together? A lot of our life groups, and I'll be, we're, we're, we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. We want to be mm -hmm. there. So that would be one way to pursue that in community. The other just really quick practical is sometimes we think considering your ways means adding to my to-do list. To your point earlier, sometimes it means a not to-do list. Nailed on my to-do list. Like well, sometimes I think you need to create a not to-do list. Well. <laughs> in other words, yeah. so here's the things that I need to rid my life of. Because I'm pursuing all of these things that are just this rat race. I think they're fulfilling. But Lord, before you, in light of your spirit, in counsel of godly men and women around me, maybe I need to take that out of my life. Mm -hmm. Because we say this over and over, repentance, right, is putting on mm -hmm. and it's taking off. It's both. That's the way the Bible presents repentance mm -hmm. is, Lord, what do I need to get out of my life? But then what do I need to replace it and put on, mm -hmm. put on Christ? is the picture and that's the way. So those are maybe some practical helps. I love the community okay. thing on the list too because I, I'm, uh, Amy is a list person. She's much more routine. I love Amy. And she helps me Yeah. because I will move on and not follow through with those things. And she helps yeah. that. And then on Amy's end, I'm able to help her because sometimes she's stuck in the list. Yeah. And that goes back to how community helps one yeah. another in that. One quick thing, and it, it, we can't spend too much time here, but just I, I want to touch on this. The things that we're talking about are not absolutely right or absolutely wrong. They're getting to a heart and a pursuit motive. And those are hard things for us as believers to talk right. to one another about because the moment we begin to talk about that, we're so afraid of uh, and so quick sometimes to be labeled a legalist, uh -huh. right? And so you're in this issue. So here's an example. You mentioned like sports. Did you, did you, play, did you play sports as a kid? Any of you guys did? Yes. What did I you did. do? I played basketball and I played softball. What did you, what did you play as a kid? You're looking you at me like, like that's not no, true. No, well, <laughs> what? And you mean like uh, organized play uh, football, ran track, uh, that kind of stuff? 
So, did you get any, any any nicknames when you played sports? Oh, uh, I was not that good, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> not good enough for a nickname. Uh, we probably don't want to know my nickname. <laughs> oh, we definitely <laughs> want to know. know. <laughs> we do want to know now. <laughs> know now. Cut. Oh, you know, I'll tell you mine. Mine's ridiculous and horrible, too. Are you going to tell me yours? Well, I just don't like it, but go ahead. Well, I don't like mine. They called me Booger. <laughs> you win. What do you got? You win. Well, see, I grew up in Unicorn County, and just everyone called me Mikey, and I couldn't stand it. So I, I really Booger's want worse. that to die. Booger's much worse, but who wants to be called Mikey? Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Moving so on. here's the scenario. You got families that they play sports, for example. Yeah. Nothing wrong with their kids playing sports. Right. We get we that. Do. Sure. But at some point, maybe that family chooses, we're, we're doing this travel league, we're doing this thing. The, the kid is not connected to church. I mean, they're, they're rotating their life around all these types of things. Kid's not going pro. There's none of those things. It's this leisure activity that they have so filtered things in. And it's not like you go from this easy thing that's clearly just a hobby that we do on the side to this point of an overstretch of that to where it becomes an issue and an idol and a sin overnight. It's a gradual thing. Mm -hmm. How do we have conversations about that? One, give me one more example. We talk about sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. I don't know how often a believer should share the gospel mm -hmm. in the U.S. But I can tell you for certain, if it's been six months and you haven't shared the gospel mm -hmm. with someone, yeah. that's sinful. Mm -hmm. It's sinful. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know where those lines yeah. are, but you want to have those types of conversations. So we try to facilitate that in like life groups uh -huh. with how are you advancing the Great Commission? And let's talk about those things and bringing that uh -huh. into a regular conversation. Mm -hmm. Take what we're talking about here in Haggai and we're considering and we're talking about this. How do we avoid legalism, but at the same time call one another to the pursuit of these kingdom priorities? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I'm going to say just as an overarching idea. Anytime you're dealing with people's family and kids, that's gonna be a really fine line to walk. And that, not that what is being said isn't true, but it, um, it's gonna be perceived, hmm. it, it can be perceived as legalistic when you're dealing with family and kids because um, people like what they're doing with their kids. I like what I'm doing with my kids. Don't mess our routine with the hmm. kids. And so it's gonna come across legalistic. I think. Um, as much as you can, A, get it away from activities and get it to, why did y'all decide to do this with your family? Tell me what your motive was behind this and, and let families begin to um, process questions that maybe they haven't thought about. Um, we signed up for softball because that's what everybody the kids age was doing, so we signed them up for softball. Um, and maybe press on motives a little bit more. And another thing is, in relation in the in the confines of relationship that you have with that person yeah. I think that regulates a little bit of how deep you go in that conversation um, have they invited that in if you're in a life group situation I think you have signed up for that kind of, of conversation um, I think if it's just somebody you sit next to in church every once in a while and you see them come in once every five or six weeks which that's not a thing right now, but um, you see them once every five or six weeks and you just turn to a random person and say, hey, you're traveling a lot. I think you're, this is wrong. I think that crosses over into a legalistic, there's no relationship platform for that. Um, but I think if you have the relationship and the, and the grounds with which to say, you know, we're making decisions about our kids. How did you come to the decision that you wanted to do this with your kids? Let, let's talk about what your motivations were behind that and allow them some space and some margin to consider their ways that maybe they 
haven't really considered before. They've done it because that's how it's always been done. That's I don't know. Yeah. So we get. I'm on the gentler I, side I, of the confrontation of the confrontation spectrum. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to chase this too much, but I don't want to chase the legalism. Legalism is when we move something into the realm of absolute that's not absolute and hold it out and speak as if Scripture says don't play baseball. Right. Wisdom, which is what we're talking about, says what are, what are you seeking, what, what is your mm -hmm. priority? Because priorities will drive our decisions. No matter what realm you're talking about, whatever your priorities are, they will drive your decisions and your decisions will shape your life. Yeah. So that's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6. The question is, the evidence that I see in your life is that your priorities are misplaced mm -hmm. and you're pursuing something that you're never going to find. Mm -hmm. So you're putting this first and all of your life and your family and your kids, back to this baseball example, just because we're using it, it's one of many. Yes. I mean, plug in something, that's the point. The question is, what are you pursuing for your family? Mm -hmm. And what are you wanting your family to be involved in? And what do you desire the impact of your family to be? If it's kingdom endeavors that satisfy and bring glory to God, mm -hmm. and that is your priority, which it is for every believer, it should mm -hmm. be because the Spirit of God living within us, then consider your ways, consider your decisions, consider the way you're allotting your time, consider the way you're spending your time, consider all the things you're chasing because it is not in line with kingdom priorities and you're never even going to get what you think mm -hmm. you're seeking for your children. Mm -hmm. it's, you're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean to make it complicated, but that's the difference between legalism is stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, I don't know. Just stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, kingdom priority is the glory of King Jesus, mm -hmm. the edification of his people, the advancing of the church, things that last and will be accomplished. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if that is my kingdom priority, then let's together consider our ways and evaluate everything we do, every dime we spend, every, every, night, every weeknight and where we go, what we do, in light of a greater priority. And Jesus says, all these other things, they'll be added to you. But seek first, prioritize kingdom priorities that I declare in my word to be lasting and eternal and will find soul satisfaction. These other things, they're not going to find but the word has to define that. Yeah. And the community comes around to encourage that mm -hmm. and challenge one another mm -hmm. because we need. And it may not be pulling out of an activity. It may not be pulling out of dance or the gym where you go to work out or an, act, an extracurricular activity. It may be redefining your priorities within that activity. That is a vehicle to bring glory to the Lord, to be around um, non-believers. Um, you know, you don't have a huge opportunity. You're not around a lot of, of unbelievers. That is our outlet to be around unbelievers, and we want to reprioritize that for sure. the purpose of the kingdom of God. Sure. And just have somebody who loves you enough to say, so have you shared the gospel with anybody yeah. in the last six months that's right. there? If that's your priority. Because it, cause that's, cause you hold those things. Yeah. So we've right. got a mailbox, by the way. Yes. So send in your questions. We, we love your questions. It's, it's, they're, they're right here. <laughs> Send in your question. All right. So why is the Old Testament relevant to Christians today? That's so a good question. It is a good question. We just finished the whole Old Testament. Mm -hmm. We're reading through the Bible. Why is the Old Testament relevant? So I'll take a stab at answering that in about 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the best way I know to answer it is what the Bible says. Uh, Romans 15, 4 says, These things that have been written in past times were written for our instruction. Written for our instruction. This is Paul speaking to the church at Rome. Uh, so that... Through the, in, 
encouragement of the scriptures, it says, we might have hope. So really quick, Old Testament shows you the foundation is solid of everything you read in the New Testament. Solid foundation. The hope aspect is what we've been talking about over and over. Hope is not wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. It's a certain future, just not yet realized. The future of God's kingdom is not uncertain. Mm -hmm. Through the whole Testament, you hear over and over, as the waters cover the sea, one day the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth. You see that throughout the Old Testament. So it's almost as if the Old Testament lays the foundation of everything we read in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. How much of what Jesus says is alluding back to an Old Testament reality? Mm -hmm. How much of what Paul says is pulling from books of the prophets? Mm -hmm. Ephesians says our faith is based on the prophets of the Old Testament mm -hmm. and the apostles of the New Testament. So you leave one of those out, you leave out half of our foundation yeah. on which we stand. Yeah. So that's at least a quick stab at and what's And it's crazy so practical. Important. I mean, Haggai just got all up in my to-do list, so it's crazy practical. Okay, so we had another question come in, and it was this. How do I find or use the resources that go along with this, with Behind the Message? Oh, and awesome. So uh, the, the easiest way to tell you is go to tcbchurch.org slash news. Now, that's not going to be just specific to Behind the right. Message, but that's everything. Yeah. And so that'll get you to the Bible uh, reading guide, to the reading plan mm -hmm. that's there. It'll take you to other study groups uh, as well. So we have a survey class. Glad that you're here with Behind the Message with us. The survey class follows all of the reading. It's a more of an inductive Bible study. Yeah. Uh, you can get there through the groups page, lots of resources. So go to tcbchurch.org news and explore all of that. Yeah. But to Jennifer's direct question, the question here, Behind the Message, so tcbchurch.org slash behind the message. behind the message. The cool behind. Our videos are hosted there. Some resources are there. But that's specific to, to what yeah. we're doing here. And there's, so. some, there's some really good stuff there. Okay, so we're going to do a segment as much as we can. You're going to have to stop you can't, rattling the paper. Yes. It was a birthday sucker. Okay, so um, we're going to go into a segment that we're going to try to develop and do as many times as we can. But it's our family news segment. And so one thing we just wanted to give a shout out to this week, and you can go online and kind of catch up with some of the videos. We're going to give it some more attention in the weeks to come. But we had the awesome privilege in the middle of COVID, in the middle of quarantine, um, we have seen amazing baptisms, amazing things going on. But we got to introduce um, 10 new deacons to our, to our church, which was really exciting. So we got to do that yesterday um, during the services. And so you can go online and you can, um, one of them just got married, Chase just got married, but you can go online and see their faces, begin to pray for them and pray for their families. And um, in the coming weeks, we're going to have some more information about our deacons and about what they do and what they're involved in. And so that's going to be really exciting. Um, so anyway, now we've got um, some information about a little global outreach stuff going on. So yeah, so, what's so we, we go from neighbors all the way to our yep. nation. So this one's uh, it's not going to seem real global. It's going <laughs> to seem a little bit more neighbors. But it's cool. We, we work with a church called The Fort. It's yeah. in Kingsport, Tennessee. And they've really done some incredible things over the last five years. And so uh, it was a church that was really just uh, kind of struggling mm -hmm. and a revitalization. Yeah. And they've just grown and reached people and seen people come to know Jesus. And so I've got a quick video. I want you to watch this from uh, Pastor Dustin Allman. And we'll come back and talk about it in just a minute. Hey, Tri-Cities Baptist. This is Pastor Dustin Allman at the Fort Church. And I just want to thank you for your prayer, for your partnership. Uh, a lot of guys on your staff for the last several years have encouraged me and coached me as we entered a unique place of ministry at the Fort Church. Several years ago, our church was 
uh, really three months from shutting the doors. And so what we are seeing is a replant of sorts. And so if you would, uh, just continue to pray that we would uh, uh, equip and develop and mature as we make much of Jesus and make disciples of Jesus. And that's been challenging during COVID. And also help us pray to continue to bless our community. Uh, there's many needs all around here, uh, and we want to meet those needs however we can. And that's awesome. So pray for me. I'll be there preaching uh, this Sunday and spending some time with them. Our elders have begun to have interaction with their elders and their teams. We've had guys go help them with uh, different programs and ministry events, and we're excited to work with them. But that's the fort in Kingsport, so pray for them. Pray for Dustin. He's given you some specific things you can pray about, a unique opportunity for us as a church. Uh, Mike, I don't know. You got anything else you'd add to that? Just, you're here yeah, with I us. just think that's a great example that we, we should celebrate, and we'll, have a, as a church, have more opportunities to be involved in that. But as we talk about go advancing the gospel, mm -hmm. one of the ways we do that is to plant churches. Mm -hmm. So when we hear plant churches, maybe we think on the other side of the United States, and that's accurate, but it also could be right here, what, 10 miles away in Kingsport, mm -hmm. to come alongside a church and as a church, help them to continue yeah. to grow and pursue health, and we've done that. So it is, I think it's important for you to hear, this is our church coming alongside another church. Yeah. They're learning from us, and we're learning from them. It's yeah. a mutual thing. They are reaching people in that part of our city that I don't know that Tri-Cities would ever reach. Yeah. So for the advancement of the gospel, that's one of the reasons we're coming alongside them. You'll hear about opportunities in the future of more ways we can continue to be involved in this planning churches yeah. to advance the gospel. And that's exciting. Kingdom, really is. kingdom work Love does it. not stop. That's exciting. So how we're going to end um, every Behind the Message is we're going to have a time just to pray, um, really to pray over our church family, to pray scripture over our church family. So we're going to do that. Um, today. So if you guys will pray with me, we're going to be in Haggai um, chapter 1, um, probably around verse 13, but um, let me just pray over us. Lord, we thank you for um, the power of your word. Um, Lord, those little books in the Old Testament that sometimes we're tempted to skip over, Lord, are perfectly inspired and ordained by you, and we praise you for it. And so, Lord, today I do pray for our church um, during this time of a lot of unknowns, Lord, there is a lot that is known. And one of the greatest things that is known is that you have spoken to us. Your word has been given to us. You have revealed yourself to us. And that revelation is this. You say, I am with you, declares the Lord. And we cling to that today. We praise you for the truth of that. And we thank you for the truth of, the, of your word. And we love you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.